everyone. Today is March 25th, 2016. I'm your host, Client Manager John Niggle of InTouch Manufacturing Services. InTouch is an American-owned company headquartered in Shenzhen, China that specializes in everything from quality control product inspections to factory audits, social compliance, and sourcing. My guest today is joining me to talk a little bit about three disruptions to manufacturing in China. She's been on the podcast before. She is fellow client manager at InTouch, so please welcome Vicky Yu. Hello, everyone. Nice to see you guys again. Great. So when we're talking about disruptions to manufacturing, this is based on an article that Vicky wrote, I think, earlier this month. And the focus is mainly on these three disruptions that an importer can't really do anything about. So an example of a disruption that maybe they could foresee happening ahead of time that they could do something about is maybe if they did an audit of a factory and the audit revealed some financial issues or some compliance issues, they could look at that and say, okay, this factory is going to be out of business in three months. Let's avoid working with this factory. That is before they even start working, sourcing a particular product. So for these three disruptions, we're talking about things that the importer could face, particularly in China, but they can't really do much about avoiding. So let's talk about the first one, which is poor weather. Maybe you want to tell us about how does weather affect manufacturing in China? The weather can influence like the factories in a major way because most of the manufacturing areas, for example, like Zhejiang province, Jiangsu province, Fujian province, from late summer to early fall, there could be like a typhoon season where the factories could be affected a lot. If the floods or the storm is getting stronger, the factory has to stop working for one or two days. And this could be delay the production and your shipment. Okay. Yeah, I think somebody else, I think Stacy had a client that they were manufacturing in Zhejiang. And we had that weird snowstorm that happened in January that like happened once every 100 years or something. And it froze the pipes in a factory. And you mentioned in the article, Typhoon, I think Utor, shut down the Chengzhou Strait in 2013. And it closed down rail lines. So it's disruptive to infrastructure also, is that right? Yes, that's true. And often when there is like a huge typhoon and storm, the government will like give notice and warning to the industrial park or factories so they can prepare for it and close in a certain date. So usually for like a typhoon in southern China, what you're saying is the government would issue like a warning to the factories and to residents in the area so that they can maybe prepare and sort of avoid any damage that could happen if the factory gets flooded or whatever as a result of the weather. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. And there are actually like three warnings, like three levels of warnings as to flood and typhoon. And once you hit those warnings, offices and factories or even schools have to be closed so people can stay at home. Okay. Besides typhoons in southern and coastal China, you mentioned Jiangsu and Zhejiang and I think Fujian province being affected. Are there any types of weather that China is sort of famous for in different regions that might affect factories elsewhere in China? Yeah, for example, like cold weather in the north could be affecting like, for example, the stainless steel like manufacturing up in the north like in Henan, the Hebei and Tianjin provinces because they have like a long winter season 
and these kind of factories needs to have like a stable temperature for manufacturing. And also in southwest China, there are always like huge floods every summer, and those are interruptions too. Okay. The second disruption that you talk about in the blog article is government influence. So, how does the government influence manufacturing? How is that disruptive to an importer who's buying or sourcing goods that are made in China? The government actually has like a very strong like influence on manufacturing because first, if you are a factory that causes a lot of pollution, they can just shut it down like straight away. And also, like for like a given type of manufacturing, which they think is a lot of pollution, and they can cut your utilities, so you can like improve and change the way of manufacturing. And this actually has happened like a lot of times. I think I've talked about in one of my blog article in pollution. Right. Yeah. I think with、uh, the pollution article you wrote before, you mentioned, and we talked about it during an earlier podcast too, is that. For certain factories that pollute a lot, the government will fine them like day after day, every day, until they reach a certain maximum or are within a certain cap on the pollution, like emissions. When you talk about utilities, I think a big point that you brought up in the article too is that they have to sort of ration the energy because they have to supply as well to the surrounding residential areas. Is that part of the reason why they sometimes will shut factories down for a day or more to sort of work with that? Yeah, that's true. For example, in the summer when there is like a huge demand for electricity, the government will have like plant cut of electricity in the industrial area, so they can make sure the residential area has enough power. And if it is a plant electricity cut, the government will usually give out notice to the factories like a week. So the factories can plan around it. We have like received like emails from the factories saying that oh we have the electricity is going off like for the next two or three days and can't come for inspections. Okay, so for cutting utilities, the government will usually give notice sometimes a week ahead to let the factory know that they're going to be sort of inoperable for that day or couple days. It sounds like that there's not going to be power for pollution. I think it's something that maybe can be addressed. When an importer is sourcing and they're looking for a supplier, because they can go in and do an audit. For example, an audit based on ISO fourteen thousand one. They can go in, they can check how much pollution is this factory emitting. Is it something that they're working on? Are they meeting local laws and standards? And if they seem to be a factory that's sort of out of control with the pollution that they're facing fines, maybe the importer can look at that and say, "Well, they're not going to be open much longer," and sort of avoid that issue. Do you agree with that? Yeah, that's true. An audit is definitely helpful in terms of pollutions because the audit need to make sure is looking into if the factory is meeting like national and local laws or not. And to be honest, the Chinese government is giving a lot of emphasis in the pollution. Like they're giving much more fines to the factories, and an audit would definitely help to cutting this kind of cost. Okay, great. The last disruption that you mentioned here is Chinese New Year, and. I'm familiar with Chinese New Year. I've been in China for about four years now, and I've seen it disrupt everything from travel plans to our clients' manufacturing here as well, and the infrastructure. Can you tell us a little bit about that? How often are the factories closed? For what period of time do they close during the New Year? Yeah, sure. I think the most Chinese New Year influence the manufacturing mostly in terms of like the workers is going home. 
and they won't return to the factory or to the same factory immediately after the holiday. Chinese New Year is always around late January or early February, depends on the lunar calendar. And the factory could be closed for about a month, like from mid January to mid February, which could be longer, depends on the actual situation. And the workers normally take a longer leave in the Chinese New Year because they normally do not take much leaves during normal days. So to have the production back to normal, it actually like needs to wait until like March or something like that. Okay, so they need like, it sounds like they need a couple weeks or maybe even six weeks to get sort of back and running it at sort of full speed before the holiday. Yeah, exactly. And because not every worker is going back to the same factory, so like in mid-February, let's say, probably around like 30% of the workers will come back and the factory needs to recruit like new workers to make sure everything goes back to normal and this is time-consuming too. Yeah, you mentioned the high turnover rate. That is like a lot of workers, especially the migrant workers, they leave, they go home, and they don't come back to the same factory where they were before the holiday. The main issue there, I think, is that besides the obvious, like there's a slowdown at the holiday, and then the factories are slow to get up and running at full speed again. There's also the issue of factories that try and rush before the holiday to finish orders. And I think from my own experience, I've seen importers, they have a lot of notice about when the holiday is coming. I think the government issues like an official statement about when is the official holiday happening. They'll do that like four or six months before. So they do know about that, but a lot of them aren't aware that the factories will try and finish as many orders as they can before the holiday. And so you can get a lot of quality issues because of that, that rushing. Have you seen that before? Yeah. Before the Chinese New Year, it's always very busy. At least we can see. And sometimes we need to go to like the same factories almost every day to inspect the goods so they can ship. And factories will sometimes to recruit some like temporary workers just to rush these orders. And we can see from the inspection results, there are always some like new issues or repeated issues that has not been corrected, and which is actually like a, a concern to quality control. Yeah, I've seen... Like you mentioned, new issues, recurring issues, it leads to a lot of re-inspections that's not really typical for that importer or that client. And it seems it's related to, yeah, rushing and, as you mentioned, like hiring maybe some temporary workers to speed up the process that aren't necessarily full-time or maybe they aren't fully trained in that factory to do that. Is that kind of what you're thinking too? Yeah, because when they're hiring like temporary workers, they probably don't have much time to train them or just don't want to spend the money on training them because they just want to speed up the production. Right. So in conclusion, do you want to just sort of wrap up what is the main idea and what sort of drove you to write this particular blog article and discuss it during the podcast? Yeah, sure. Because I've been living in U.S. before and people always ask me about like Chinese New Year or the government there. And I just want people who has never been to China or who do not know much about China know like understand how much like a holiday like Chinese New Year and the government can influence the industry and the weather like so much. And these are things that the people living in China understand, but not necessarily like people do not live in China for a while. So when you communicate to the factory and or when you're manufacturing, you probably just want to watch out for these factors, though you cannot really 
do anything about them, but you can schedule around them and understand why they're so powerful. Yeah, I think that you're right. That anyone who's not familiar with China probably isn't aware of just how much the government can influence manufacturing, how much Chinese New Year will influence manufacturing and slow things down in late January, early February, and also how does weather affect the situation here for importers and suppliers as well. I want to thank my guest Vicky Yu for joining me today. So thank you, Vicky. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in today's broadcast. And I want to remind you guys to check us out on our social media channels: Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. We've got some daily updates there and some industry advice for you guys. Check us out on our YouTube channel for some videos with industry experts and some on-site inspections as well. And if you'd like to get in contact with us directly, you can drop us a line at our company website that is www.intouchquality.com. Thank you.